America, there is one thing that we can, I think most of us, agree on. What's happening in our schools, what's happening to our children is extraordinarily dangerous. You know, there might be some bad things that America has done in the past, and there's not, there's no might to it. There's been some really bad things that America has done. But is all of it to be thrown out? Is there no good, no redeeming value? Is there nothing to the Western society? Most people know that there is something good and important about Western society and America's role. When we have our priorities right, when we're not so arrogant, when we're not trying to go fight wars all over the the world, when we're just freeing people, when we are letting people do their thing. You know, it's like Thomas Jefferson said, you be you, boo. And I, th- what? I don't know if he actually No, I learned said- that. No, I I think that's in curriculum now. I'm not. Oh, it is now? Yeah, I, okay. think, I think so. Part of Comic Core. <laughs> I'm going to show you what's going on and how not alone you really are and what you need to do. If you want this to stop, if you want some semblance of sanity, it's incumbent upon you to stand in your own local community. I'll tell you about that in 60 seconds. Amazing, amazing news here. I haven't told anybody about this. I'm breaking it right here. Uh, It turns out, and and I was as shocked as I think you're going to be, I am a close relative uh, of a recently deceased Nigerian prince. I just found really? this out. Yes, yes. Congratulations. Uh, I'm the closest relative, strangely, strangely closest relative he had. Do you see the resemblance in the photos? Uh, no, I don't see any resemblance at all, which is weird. But hey, who am I? Yeah. I mean, I've inherited a fortune. I may not be here tomorrow. So it's awesome. All I have to do is just write a thousand dollar check and send it to him because he's got some banking problems right now it happens all the time happens all the time but uh hey tomorrow i may not be here congratulations that's big news thank you thank you you i didn't see that in in my family tree uh but he contacted me oh he saw it well a representative yeah they were tracking me i'm sure it's too big of a deal to reach out himself now if you think that all sounds dumb it's only because it's an old trick but guess what There are new tricks being invented by cyber criminals all the time. A lot of them happen with COVID. It's important to understand how cyber crime and identity theft affect your life. And LifeLock can help. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But you can keep what's yours with LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com. LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK again and save 25%. Now you can call them at 1-800-LIFELOCK. That's 1-800-LIFELOCK. Or to save 25%, just use the promo code back on the phone or at lifelock.com. Let me give you some of the headlines, and these are headlines from today. New York City schools encourage kids now to stop using the words mom and dad because they're offensive. 
California is embracing mandatory racial injustice study for all of its 1.7 million high schoolers. The law school, uh, the law school of Ohio, the Ohio law school has chastised their students for being too white. After the release of a study ranking the whitest law schools in America. <laughs> okay, I don't think it's the... this is a good practice, by the way. We should be ranking by skin color. Right. That's a good thing for the country to get yeah. going again. Can you imagine if this was done in the 1960s or something? Well, it was. If, it, if this is what was proposed in the 70s, that we start grading everything by how white it, or how black it is. And we say, mm. if it's black, it's no good. Can you imagine that? They're, that is what they're doing. They're saying uh, it if, is. it's a bad school if it's white. If it's white. This is terrible. Okay. And I thought something we left behind a long time ago. Well, we didn't. And everybody is positioning themselves. Yesterday, I told you, well, um, uh, let's go with Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss, what happened there? The family decided, the estate decided. Now, have you ever seen like the Ford Foundation? Uh, Ford Foundation can any of these any of these big funds they usually go off the rails because the original intent uh, is no longer there. I don't know if this is the case with Dr. Seuss or not, but it's usually a a committee or generations past that don't really have the original intent at heart. Um, you're seeing this now with businesses that are also coming out yesterday. What was the story yesterday, Stu, where they came out and they said, oh, uh, Dove uh, and Unilever. They're they're removing the word normal yeah. off of their shampoo when it's marked for normal or dry hair. Now it's just going to be marked for dry hair. So what dry your, or damaged, yeah. which is worse. So why do I what what shampoo do I use? Because I have like normal hair. I don't have any real problems with the hair other than it's falling out. <laughs> Should I use Gorilla Glue? What do I do? Um, the reason why Unilever did that is because they are preparing now for what are called ESGs, environmental, social justice and governance uh, governance scores. So if you are not in line with one of those, you're going to get a lower score. So all of these giant corporations are rushing to show how woke they are because they need a high score in the S. Otherwise, they're going to be deemed a risk to the financial system. If you want to learn more about it, you can just watch my shows on Wednesday. Go back and watch uh, last week, the last three weeks of uh, shows. Uh, starting, what, three weeks ago, just watch those shows and you'll get an idea of what ESG is and the Great Reset. It's really important because that's why everybody is starting to make these moves. And they're not going to reverse it unless you stand up because they know what's coming. You just don't. UPenn nursing final exam mandates students ask imaginary patient for preferred pronouns. Uh, transgender author has been nominated for the UK Women's Fiction Award. <laughs> the transgender author nominated for a woman's award. I don't know why women aren't upset at this. I don't know. I mean, you're taking sports away from them. <laughs> now, 
women's author. I guess you could make the case that, you know, men and women. No, you can't even make the case because everybody says they think differently, yet they're exactly the same. Um, so if a man competes in a in a in a female category, they're not the same. Why, why should you know, why should they be eligible for that? Because they they took hormones and changed their their parts that doesn't change the chromosome that doesn't change why are we doing this to women anyway uh the uh, the um next one is the texas school district apologizes to parents for the uh, assignment of books with graphic sex scenes in them (laughs) it's it's worse and worse now i want to show you you're not alone If you say transgendered athletes should not compete in women's sports. You are not the fringe. You are in the vast majority. If you think that transgender athletes should compete in women's sports, you're on the fringe. And yet that very small group is herding all of us into a place that none of us want to go. How are they getting away with it? Because they've convinced you, A, that you don't matter, and they've convinced you to be afraid. Let me give you this story from Barry Weiss. Now, she was formerly with the New York Times. She left the New York Times uh, in a very vocal way. She is not a conservative, and she spoke out and said, this cancel culture and and political correctness is insane and going to kill us. She's just put out a new article, The Miseducation of America's Elites, that you need to read. She said the dissidents use pseudonyms and turn off their videos when they meet for clandestine Zoom calls. They're usually coordinating soccer practices in carpools, but now they've come together to strategize. They say they could face profound repercussions if anyone knew they were even talking. But the situation of late has become too egregious for emails or complaining on conference calls. So one recent weekend on a leafy street in West Los Angeles, they gathered in person and invited me to join. In the backyard behind a four-bedroom home, ten people sat in a circle of plastic Adirondack chairs, eating bags of skinny pop. These are the rebels. Well-off Los Angeles parents who send their kids, their children, to Harvard-Westlake, the most prestigious private school in the city. By normal American standards, they are quite wealthy. But by the standards of Harvard-Westlake, they're average. These are two career couples who credit their own success not to family connections or inherited wealth, but to their own education. So it strikes them as something more than ironic that a school that costs more than $40,000 a year, a school with Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett's right hand, and Sarah Murdoch, wife of uh, Lachlan, uh, uh, Rupert Murdoch's daughter-in-law, is on its board, and they're teaching students that capitalism is evil. For most parents, the demonization of capitalism is the least of it. They say their children tell them they're afraid to speak up in class. Most of all, they worry about the school's new plan to become an anti-racist institution unveiled this July. It's making the kids fixate on race and attach importance to it in ways that strike them as grotesque. 
Quote, I grew up in L.A. and the Harvard School definitely struggled with diversity issues. The stories have uh, expressed since the summer seem totally legitimate, says one of the fathers. He says he doesn't have a problem with the school making greater efforts to redress past wrongs, including by bringing more minority voices into the curriculum. What he has a problem with is this movement that tells his children that America is a bad country and that they bear collective racial guilt. They're making my son, quoting, feel like a racist because of the pigmentation of his skin, one mother says. Another poses a question to the group. How does focusing a spotlight on race fix how kids talk to one another? Why can't they all just be Wolverines? That's uh, Westlake. Uh, This Harvard-Westlake parents group is one of the uh, many organizing quietly around the country. Let me say it again. This parents group is one of many organizing quietly around the country to fight what it describes as an ideological movement that has taken over their schools. This story is based on interviews with more than two dozen of these dissenters, teachers, parents and children at an elite prep school, two of the bluest states in the country, New York and California. The parents in the backyard say that for every one of them, there are many more too afraid to speak up. I've talked to at least five other couples who say, I get it. I think the way you do. I just won't want the controversy right now, related one mother. They're all eager for their story to be told, but not a single one would let me use their name. They worry about losing their jobs or hurting their children if their opposition to this ideology were known. The school can ask you to leave for any reason, said one mother. Then you'll be blacklisted from all the private schools and you'll be known as a racist, which is worse than now being called a murderer. That's a that's a mother in Brentwood. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) One private school parent born in a communist nation told me I came to this country escaping the very same fear of retaliation that now my own child feels. Another joke, we need to feed our families. Oh, and pay $50,000 a year to have our children get indoctrinated. A teacher in New York City put it most concisely. To speak against this is to put all of your moral capital at risk. Parents who have spoken out against this ideology, even in private ways, says it hasn't gone over well. I had a conversation with a friend and asked him, is there anything about this movement we should question? A father with children in two prep schools in Manhattan. He said, dude, that's dangerous ground you're on in our friendship. I've had enough of those conversations to know that's what happens. That fear is shared deeply by the children. For them, it's not just the fear of getting a bad grade or getting turned down for a college recommendation, though that fear is potent. The fear of social shaming. If you publish my name, it will ruin my life. People would attack me for even questioning this ideology. I don't want people knowing that I'm a capitalist, a student at Fieldstone School in New York City told me. In a comment echoed by other students that I also spoke with, Fieldstone declined to comment. The kids are scared of other kids. The atmosphere is making their children anxious, paranoid, and insecure, closed off, even from their close friends. My son knew I I was talking to you, and he begged me not to, said another Harvard-Westlake mother. He wants us to uh, he he wants to go to a great university. And he told me that one bad statement from a parent will ruin me. This is the United States of America. Are you kidding me? These people are starting to gather and stand up 
I'm going to introduce you to a couple in San Francisco in a few minutes that are doing this and they are changing the way things are done. Now, I don't necessarily or they don't maybe necessarily agree with everything I say. They live in San Francisco and they are liberal. However, they saw what the school board was standing for and spending all of their time on. And they were like, hey, how about math? What do you say? How about we do some work in school? How about you even open the doors of the school? And they started a, a little group. It grew to 400 and they've changed things. You are not alone. This is very concerning. And unless somebody starts to gather together and has the guts to do it, nothing's going to change and it's going to get much, much worse. All right. Our sponsor this half hour is BuiltBar.com. Oh, man. Oh, Bill Bar is so good. Bill Bar is one thing, you know, I have to remember, I got to take my medicine. I got to do this. I got to do that. I don't really, I don't have to be reminded, hey, have you had your Bill Bar today? <laughs> I might be reminded, hey, is that your sixth Bill Bar today? <laughs> what? What are, you t- what are you talking about? Bill Bar, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. It's a protein bar, but it tastes like a candy bar. And it's healthy for you? Yeah, made with real chocolate and yet healthier than your average protein bar. Don't give up on your New Year's resolution to lose weight. Built Bar is the answer. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code BECK, get 20% off your next order. It's promo code BECK, 20% off now at BuiltBar.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Fairfax County Schools. This is uh, in Virginia. Fairfax County Schools recently ditched a merit-based admissions process. So if you're gonna if you're gonna get into the school, and you, you you know merit-based, you gotta you got you gotta be good. You have to have good grades, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, apparently, they're they're ditching that because Asians did too well. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> what is this? I, I, this is common is what it is. Yeah. Every Asians time, do well, not because they're Asian, but because in many cases, the culture that they came from, it might be two generations down the road, but the, the culture they came from put an emphasis on family, respect and education. Yeah. I mean, people, different people have different priorities and different cultures give different results. I was talking about this with Eric July on Studios America the other day. And we're talking about the the NBA. Now, the most desired jobs in the NBA are the players. They get tons and tons of money. They get all the stardom. They get everything else. Everybody wants that job. Every white kid, black kid, any race grows up wanting that gig if you're an athlete. Not you. Some people just want to be in theater. But a lot of people <laughs> want that job. Yet, in a country with 13% African-American population... Something in the neighborhood of 75% of the players are black. Is that racism against white people? Because if we apply their standards, that's the only possible explanation. Because apparently the NBA hates white people. It's keeping white people out and elevating black people. That obviously is insane. 
right? For whatever reason, African-Americans tend to outperform white people at basketball and they get all the good jobs. Then we get these complaints that there's not enough black coaches, which is a whole other ridiculous uh, conversation. But the jobs that everybody wants as a kid, everybody plays up or grows up at the playground trying to become the guy who hits the three at the buzzer to win the championship. All of those jobs are going to outsized amount of African-Americans. Should we be complaining that that's racism against whites? I would argue that would the answer to that would be no. That would be an insane argument. But if you apply their logic, that would be a sane, rational conversation to it, have. It is, you know, Google's having a problem right now because they need more women. They need more African-American women that are programmers. Okay, I don't know any women that are like, oh, I'm such a computer geek. I mean, I know they're out there. Yeah. But that's not, a, you know, guys generally are the geeks on on stuff like this. So they have to meet a certain quota. Well, you just have to keep lowering the bar and lowering the bar and lowering the bar of what your qualifications, you know, you have to meet to be able to get a job. Well, that that's insane. Yes. That leads to destruction of business, destruction of uh, integrity of thought. It, it, it leads to the destruction of the Western way of life, and they know it. This is the Glenn Beck Program. How much time do you spend grilling every week? Now, how much time would you spend grilling if you didn't have to stand there the whole time? Making sure that nothing is, you know, my old grill. <laughs> I would uh, I would tend to leave because it's hot out in texas uh during the summer and i would come back and everything would be on fire i mean just i'd open up just giant flames on everything i think the burgers are done don't have to worry about that anymore because i have a rec tech rec tech it is it has smart grill technology it has revolutionized the way people cook. It grills, it smokes, it even bakes, and it adjusts its own temperature to make sure that you're getting the perfect cook every single time. You can control it from an app on your phone or your device, which is great for the hot days or the cold days when you just want to sit inside in the air conditioning and let the let the Rectech do the work. Try it out. Do an A-B comparison of Rectech to its competitors. R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. That's Rectech.com. Check it out now. And head over to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. You'll get 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. We've all heard about the recall of Gavin Newsom, but in San Francisco, there's a group trying to recall the school board. San Francisco schools are out of control and have been out of control all during this pandemic. Uh, It doesn't seem like they're trying to reopen their schools, just rename many of their schools. Uh, Two parents decided to uh, go and listen to what the school board was doing and they didn't like what they saw. And we have them both on the phone, Shiva Raj and uh, Autumn Loyan. She is the, they both are the co-founders of recall San Francisco school board. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having us. You bet. So um, 
Uh, Autumn, let's start with you. What was, why did you do this? Why did you get involved? What was the first thing that you saw that you were like, we got to stop just sitting on our hands? We moved here in December from other school districts. And I think for me, it was the contrast between the way the school board behaved in my kids' school district and the way um, the school board here behaves, the way it treats parents and the way it communicates with parents is totally different. And it really bugs me when the people in charge don't take care of and listen to the people mm. who are their constituents. So, Raj, they actually, they humiliate uh, people who question anything they, they're doing, don't they? Yeah, it's been really kind of stunning to see them treat parents, um, push parents away, literally. I mean, I worked on school site councils. I volunteered in schools. Uh, and usually schools are like desperate for parents to help out. And, you know, in San Francisco, parents have been really, really eager to roll up our sleeves and help out in every shape possible. You know, we are happy to kind of, you know, move into the schools, clean them up, you know, do up the windows, et cetera. We know that there is a lot of change that's required for the pandemic. Uh, for safety, and we are happy to kind of get involved, but they've been pushing us away. They've treated parents who volunteered, for example, there was a gay parent uh, who volunteered to be on the Parent Advisory Council, which is 50% empty, um, and they spent two hours just criticizing him in public without even giving him a chance to speak. It was just stunning. They also, and this one drives me nuts because I hear this from all kinds of um, quote-unquote experts, that the mental health issues are not a problem. I know I'm dealing with mental health issues with my kids who have not go, not been in school up until recently. Yeah. And it, it, you can't do that to children. You can't really do yeah. that to people. We are we are social by nature. Uh, and in San Francisco, they completely deny this. Right. I think it's, you know, my older son is is, an, is a freshman in high school and his school experience is just very different. He stares into a blank screen. All right. his uh, classmates have the cameras turned off. Right. Right. And so I've seen him actually borderline depressed. Um, he does his entire school from his bed and it's just, you know, for a parent, it's just shattering to see that. And he just seems to have lost entirely his desire to learn. And he's a good student. I mean, he, he used to play football. Um, he was very active and extroverted. So, you know, it's just like a complete change in him. And yeah, we're seeing, you know, the, for example, one of the commissioners in the school board just as recently as February was quoted in, you know, San Francisco Chronicle saying, you know, men, the school closures don't cause mental health issues. Uh, they don't cause learning loss. And it's just stunning to see again that there's no recognition. It's one thing to say that, hey, you know, we have a pandemic. We have to like account for the safety and we have to do, get this right to get kids back. Uh, we recognize that there are real challenges that both parents and students and teachers are facing, and we want to do the right thing for everyone. It's one thing to say that, and you know, all of us would have totally supported the school board if that was the kind of attitude we saw, but the, it's been the exact opposite. They seem to be completely blind to and unwilling to recognize the real challenges that students and parents are facing in the school district. So, Autumn, uh, what, is, what is the why? I mean, there's... There's zero public schools in San Francisco that were approved free for reopening as of uh, February 26th. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. I believe as of today, they have got six out of 108. So what what was the motivation? Why were they? I mean, you charged that they they never had any intention at all to open schools this year. Why? 
I think it just, honestly, I think it just looked like such a big problem. They threw up their hands and they're like, let's just pretend it doesn't exist. I don't know why else you would do that when it's your responsibility to take care of so many children and get them back to school so they can learn. I don't know why else you would not have the school sites ready by, you know, January at the very least when the schools were originally slated to reopen. So you guys went to a school board meeting, you listened to it, and then you started, a, I think, a Facebook page, if I'm not mistaken. And there are four or five hundred uh, families now and parents that are involved in this recall. And what has happened so far? What changes have you seen just by standing up and doing the basic moves? So we have um, our Facebook group is actually our group for organizing our volunteers. And we have over 700 people in there. We have this army of volunteers who help us whenever we uh, mm. want to learn more about an issue um, or that sort of thing. Yeah. And um, so do you want to talk about the movement you've seen? I'm sorry. Go ahead. What was that question? Did you ask me a question? No, no. I, I, I okay. was thinking if Shiva wanted to speak to what's, what's going on. Since um, yeah. since our recall effort started and uh, since the school board has also been sued, right, kind of at the same time. Yes. Um, we have seen a little bit of movement. Um, they are talking about reopening now. They are saying that reopening is their first priority and they're kind of shelving the other issues for now. Um and those so other now, those other issues are like the renaming of schools. Yes. Okay. Um, and the um, and so we've seen. Um, I think on April twelfth, a few kids are slated to go back in a few schools. So it's not all the great. It, it's like I think at twelve schools, um, there's a couple of grades that are going back. So that's that's a little bit of progress. So. I just read a story about a couple in Los Angeles or a group of parents now that were meeting uh, with Barry Weiss, formerly of the New York Times. And uh, they were talking about, you know, you can't use our names. You can't put us, you know, you know, on the record because we will lose. Our kids will suffer from this. There will be a campaign against us. Did that ever concern you or cross your mind? (laughs) Well, you know, one of the things we saw very early on when we were exploring the recall, which was about, you know, early in Feb, after we kind of realized how deep the the issues were with the board, is that we saw a lot of parents um, supportive, a lot of people in the city supportive, non-parents too, right? But very few people were actually keen to put their names on a recall because they were afraid. Uh, And that's understandable. You know, I'm afraid I have two kids in the school district and I kind of worry about how uh, they'll get treated if this is not successful, right? Isn't that? So, I mean, that should even if it's successful, it, it and it, that shouldn't. You shouldn't be afraid. I mean, in right. democracy, you shouldn't be afraid of holding elected leaders accountable. Right. I mean, I, 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 that should tell you everything you need to know on why you need to stand up. If you're afraid now at this shift towards this kind of rule, if you will, you're going to be terrified in ten years. You can't let this sit. You you have to s- stand up. Or do you think people are becoming more willing to? Or We've seen a lot of support for the recall. So Autumn kind of talked about some of that. We've seen over 8,000 people sign up. Um, you know, we've had, you know, 30 people put their names on a petition that we just filed with the uh, city. And that, no- that notice has been sent to each of the three me- board members who are eligible for recall right now, um, you know, who are kind of, our focus at this point. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so, so there is a growing, and as people see that others are also interested, there's hundreds in the Facebook group, there is growing talk across the city. You know, we're seeing people like feeling more comfortable, um, you know, talking about it to their friends and to their neighbors, etc. So we had a lot of enthusiasm from people saying, hey, you know, if we have about 7,000 people sign up, but if every one of those, 10, every one of those 7,000 just got 10 signatures, which is essentially our ask, we will hit the 70,000 we need to, you know, get the recall on the ballot. Well, I am so gl- glad to see you guys uh, do this and to lead this and to uh, start to lead the way. Courage is contagious, and that's why I wanted to have you on. We may not agree on all the issues, but uh, right. people and have that's to. Fine. Yeah, that's, that's democracy. Exactly right. And people have to stand up for one another and their freedom of speech right. and, uh, and stop this madness of this local authoritarian style ruling. Thank you so right. much. I appreciate. Thank you for having us. You bet. Uh, if you want to go to their website, it's recalls uh, recall sfschoolboard.org. Uh, and you can also follow them on Twitter at recall sfboe. Um, we also have at glenbeck.com something that you need to look at. We have a bunch of groups that you can join all around the country. We have uh, people that are focusing on the teachers unions. Some of them are focusing on school boards. Some of them are focusing on parents. We must make this a priority. There is poison being shoveled into our children. If the schools aren't back yet, uh, why? Why are they not back yet? They have destroyed a year of our children's learning and education. They've set them way back. How much has this cost us in in their future abilities when they're 18 years old? Nobody's talking about that. Nobody's talking about the, the physical damage that is being done. Not only the mental. All kinds of damage is being done. And then when they do open up, they're shoveling garbage into them. This critical race theory, if you happen to be against that, we'll help you uh, start working together and start uh, networking with people in your own area and people who have done this. And we're also working on a few things to help you with attorneys if you start to have real problems and you're fired or whatever because you speak out. We'll have more on that. You can check out the initial things at glenbeck.com now. Did a whole show on this last night. You can watch it on YouTube if you're not a subscriber. We do ask that you would you would join us here if you find any of our work uh, worthwhile. Join us and become a Blaze TV subscriber. Use the promo code Glen and you'll save on your subscription. Our sponsor this half hour is American Financing. This whole past year has seen a dramatic decrease in mortgage rates throughout the housing industry, and during that time. I've advised you to please check out American Financing. See if they can save you uh, a bundle of money. I mean, we're talking hundreds of dollars, sometimes over $1,000 a month, especially if you're getting rid of your high-interest credit cards. So while you're at it and you're looking for refinancing of your own, uh, your own mortgage, also ask them about bundling you know, other debts that you might have into that mortgage, and you don't have to restart your loan. This is a really good way to have one payment, low interest rate, 
and save a buttload of money. I want you to call them right now. Call them at 800-906-2440. I invite you to see what I see in these people. Just just work with them. They work for you, not the big banks. American Financing, 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck program. Uh, last night on uh, TV, I was I was highlighting some books that have been changed uh, and showed you the progress of that. The autobiography of uh, Booker T. Washington is just that an autobiography of a guy who started the Tuskegee School, changed people's lives, changed the direction of uh, of America and is now deemed to be a fictional character. Uh, everything in this book, according to the copyright now, everything in this book, all characters are fictional and not based on anyone real. Well, it's an autobiography, and the, the word autobiography has come, come off now the front cover of uh, Booker T. Washington's Up From Slavery. It is a must-read, but you have to begin to find those books that are really important to American history. Up From Slavery is one of those books. Uh, and get an older copy of it. You know, I know some people are saying that they want to get an encyclopedia. Go ahead and get the new encyclopedia, but I would definitely get one before 1970 as well. Um, things began to change in the, uh, in the 1920s. The 1950s, <clears throat> the 1970s, and now they're completely at warp speed on this. Uh, I would, I would, you don't have to spend a lot of money, but I would gather up as many things that you think are important, all the way from, you know, Curious George to Democracy in America by de Tocqueville. We showed you last night the new edition with a third of the page size and just slightly smaller font is about the third of a uh, of the size of the of the actual unedited book and the point of de tocqueville is what he found here he was he was looking for justice he was from france he was a uh, a justice guy and he was looking how do we rule in courts how do we how do we bring justice? And so he came over here to study America. When he got here, he couldn't find out. He couldn't figure out what the secret was. There were fewer arrests. There were fewer murderers. What, what was happening here? And it wasn't until he started going to the churches that he found the answer. And he started listening how people were talking open, openly about God and uh, and and the miracles of God and our responsibilities to God, that he realized that's the difference. And it's where our uniqueness has always come from. All of that's edited out into Tocqueville's uh, democracy in America. You, you've got to get the original versions of things. Otherwise, your kids will be reading them and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. What was the point of this? 
why did I read this? And I don't think that that is, uh, I don't think that's a coincidence. More in a minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program.